0: special podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love
1: So our mission story began about two years ago. We'd been at a big mega church here in Redlands and just had felt like that when we were there, uh, if we weren't there, people didn't really notice and just felt like that wasn't what uh, God calls the church to in scripture. And so it was on New Year's Day. Our family was eating at a little Chinese restaurant and we began this discussion as a family. What do we want to change uh, in that particular year? And... Uh, The big thing I shared is I said, I really want to be in a church where there's a sense of community, where our lives really count, where we're really able to uh, give input and make a difference.
0: So then we decided, where will we go, and we remembered that there was this little church that had handed out flyers um, saying that they were restarting, and so we walked to church, and we went, and when we were leaving, our son said, can we go back? And it just so happened that the pastor that morning preached about community and how they were going to start up growth groups and how community was so vital. And so I said to him, I don't think we have a choice. Like, God told your dad we needed community, and then the pastor spoke about community, and that's where we're supposed to be. So that was our, our first Sunday about two years ago at the mission.
1: I think one of the things that I've appreciated the most about the mission is that philosophically, Uh, It hasn't been about dividing our family and having the teenagers off doing sort of their own little thing, but really treating them um, as young adults and having them be part of the experience. So, you know, really some of the highlights for us have been the level of engagement our kids have been able to have in the life of the mission as, you know, real members of that community.
0: We actually felt like they got involved first. Michaela was soon doing worship team, Brendan was helping with tech, and so they'd have to go to church early and we would just show up, and they kind of put us to shame, so eventually we caught up with the kids. (laughs) When I tell people about the mission, I explain that it's a small church and that people are gonna know if you're there. People are gonna care if you're there. You're gonna know the people that you're sitting next to and that you're not gonna be just a number floating around, that um, we really are gonna grow together at that church.
1: I think I tell people that we're a real community, so with all the warts and messy stuff that goes with that, uh, but at the same time, a group of people trying to love Jesus and live that out and how they live and interact
2: with one another. Okay, now I'm going to say something right now, and it's going to be followed by thunderous Excitement and applause and hooping and hollering and owing and all kinds of stuff. Okay, are you ready? Here we go. You ready? Four years. Yeah. Oh. Four years. Woo! Man, it's been four years. The mission turns four today. If, you, if you're unsure what's going on, we're having a party this morning. And yeah, that's right. And so it's already, it's seriously already been like an incredible morning. Like we could just stop here, you know, but but I think we'll keep going. Um, just because we we have these glasses and stuff, and it's like, you know, all fancy. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love the Bells story. That was the Bell family, if you don't know, Brian and Jody and Brendan and Michaela and uh, and Ernie. Hey, Ernie. Um, and um, <laughs> and uh, so I love the Bells story for so many reasons, but I think the thing I love most about it is that they decided as a family that they just wanted more. They just wanted more. They weren't satisfied with the sit and split model of church, right? And, and looking back, they along with so many others who have their own unique stories have become such vital, vital members of our church leadership. And, and I think uh, church anniversaries are a good time to reflect and celebrate what God has done in the last season, but I also think it's a good time to look out on the horizon and see what may be in store for the mission in in the next season. And and when I look back upon the last season and all that our church has been through, I just can't help but declare the faithfulness of God. The God... The God that has been faithful every step of the way. And I feel like Lamentations chapter 3. Yeah, that's right. I'm going Lamentations on you. <laughs> Lamentations chapter 3 says, I feel like it just sums it up perfectly, my feelings towards, towards this last season. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen. That's what I think about when I reflect on the last year of the Mission Redlands. And, and see, for those of you who weren't around for the last season, this, this t- around this time last year, our church was in a very different place we had suffered a difficult loss in the church and it wasn't a very pretty situation to be honest and a lot of people were in a state of grieving and they were even beginning to wonder if we were going to be a church in a few months and um, you know we we were in a pretty tough place but slowly but surely our wounds began to mend and our church began to heal and we as a leadership began the process of rebuilding under the Lord's direction. And so many people poured their blood, sweat, and tears into this place. These leaders pulled weeds. They, they tilled the ground and they planted seeds and hoping that we as a church would begin to see a harvest of people come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And as we began to rebuild, we felt different as a church, honestly. Uh, who we once were, it just, it just wasn't who we were any longer. And we felt new, like God had like re- rejuvenated or redefined the identity of who this church was supposed to be in Christ Jesus. And, and it was at our three-year anniversary last year, this, this time last year, that... Um, we began to dream again as a church. During my message, I shared a scripture that the Lord had laid on my heart, and I felt like He gave me a very specific message for the mission. And uh, the scripture was this: Isaiah Isaiah 40:25 through31. "To whom will you compare me? And who is my equal?" says the Holy One. "Lift up your eyes." And look to the heavens. Who created all of these? Who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name? Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, O Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Along with this scripture, I believe the Lord gave me, like I said, a very specific message for the mission. And it was this. This was the message. Lift up your head, Mission Church. You've had your eyes on your shoes for far too long. The time has come to dream again. Lift up your head and allow me to stir your passions. Remember who I am. I am the one who calls out the sun, stars, and moon, and know each of them by name, one by one. Your hope will never be misplaced in me. So lift up your head And dream again. And so we did. At the end of the service last year, our three year anniversary service, we all got paper and crayons and all kinds of good stuff. And and we drew out these God sized dreams that the Lord had deposited into our hearts. And we hung them on the wall of the sanctuary. And just like that, the Lord began to stir the passions of this church again. We began to go after these dreams together. And as I look back on this last year, so many of these dreams have come to life before our very eyes. One dream that the Lord gave several people was that we could create a space weekly for a focus on prayer. Shortly after this, we began meeting on Sunday nights And and, and for prayer gathering, which we still do to this day. And Tara and Jackie are weekly creating an immersive space to experience the power of prayer. And in my opinion, it's one of the best things that this church has going. But don't miss the fact that that is someone's God-sized dream come true. Don't miss that. Another dream that came to the surface during our activity last year was that we as a church would grow in discipleship together. And our, our grow groups is where a lot of our uh, discipleship takes place. And, and this time last year, we had two grow groups. And they meet on weeknights. And this year, we have three. And we're on the verge of needing a fourth. And while those numbers may not be staggering... That's growth, right? And that's someone's God-sized dream come true, right? Another dream someone drew out on paper uh, was for us to reach more people as a church. And this is a really cool one. And, And I'm excited to say that uh, I was having a conversation with some long-time members of the mission a couple of weeks ago. And they had been gone for about a month. And they And they came back and they were shocked because they looked around and, like, there were so many people that they didn't know, right? They, but I wasn't shocked because it's just another God-sized dream come true. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah. I wasn't kidding about the faithfulness of the Lord. He's been faithful every step of the way. And I'll share with you the number one dream, the number one God-sized dream our church had later on in the message. But this next one, it was really high up there. This next one was like really close. Uh, um, And so it uh, it was this, that we would reach more kids for Jesus. We would reach more kids for Jesus. And that is an absolutely stellar dream to have because we want the future generations to be strong believers and wild lovers of Jesus. And at the beginning of 2016, we were averaging about 15 kids in our children's ministry. And it gives me more joy than I can express in words to tell you that by the end of 2016, our children's ministry had more than doubled. We now average 31 kids in our children's church, and it's still growing. Some Sundays we've had to pack over 40 kids into those classrooms, like, like, And our weeknight children's program, uh, Adventure Club by Awana is packed out. And there are incredible things happening there too. This is a God-sized dream come true. Come on, people. (laughs) And most importantly, these kids are learning to love God and learning to love people and having a blast doing it. I want you to listen to this story. There's a, there's a there's a family that I want you to hear from right now. And uh, so check out this video.
3: We came to find the mission. Um, we were previously going to a church that was large and we had a hard time connecting with people. We've gone there for a number of years and didn't really make a lot of friends um, just because of the sheer sure number of people. So we were really praying about finding a church that was a little smaller that we could um, find connections and pray for people and have a church family, and um, we stumbled upon it because my mom and I had um, an appointment at the International Day Spa, and we accidentally showed up an hour early. It was 10:30 on a Sunday, and I remember seeing the sign down the street that services started at 10:30. So I said, "Let's go check it out. Let's go hang out for an hour." So. We went in, and I knew that you know God was speaking to me. Um, the worship was amazing, the message was amazing, and I felt like this is where God wants our family. And so I told Josh, and I said, "Let's go, let's go check it out." So he came along, and here we are. We've been here ever since. So um, the church has really been a blessing to our family. Um, the children's ministry is amazing. And um, every time we come, we feel God's presence in the music, in the message, in the way that our children are being taught. Um, they are memorizing Bible verses and um, hearing the message every week. And I know that it's, those are things that they're going to carry with them throughout the rest of their lives, too. So it's really, uh, it's an awesome place to be. And we're blessed to call the mission our family. And um, we love it. It's more than that though with the children's churches, both of our kids have made relationships with lots of the kids there and, and more than that the, the teachers um, one of ours needs a little bit more attention than the other and they they read into that and saw that they needed more attention and they gave them more attention. They look out for our kids. I feel like they're you know close uh, during worship because they, you know, they come during worship and um, I feel like they get the extra stuff that they need. Like I said, they've developed relationships with other kids, and they look forward to going to church on Sundays, which wasn't the case before. Now they love going. Um, Yeah, we love being there. It's been awesome.
2: That's a God-sized dream come true for our church. And uh, because someone dared to dream with God... About the future generations of believers' lives are being positively impacted for the kingdom of God. God is so faithful, guys. And that's not even our church's number one God-sized dream, right? So sit in suspense for a little while, why don't you? Um, So if you're new to the mission family, you may be sitting there like, okay, dude, dude. You've talked a lot about who you were as a church and, and, you know, what the Lord has done over the last year. But what was the conclusion to all that? You know, um, who is the mission now, right? What is this identity you keep talking about stepping into, you know? Well, honestly, the answer to that question is, is simple. It's not complicated at all. The answer is the mission is a growing community living out. God's radical love. Maybe you've heard that somewhere before. <laughs> we believe that the love of God is radical. When you, look the wo- when you look up the word radical in a thesaurus, it's partnered with words like thorough, complete, total, comprehensive, exhaustive, sweeping, far-reaching, wide-ranging, exclusive... As the church, that's who we are striving to be. We are a growing community living out God's complete, comprehensive, exhaustive, sweeping, far reaching, wide ranging, extensive, radical. Love wherever we go and to whomever we encounter in Redlands, San Bernardino, Yucaipa, and to the ends of the earth. And like I said before, we are people who believe deeply in making strong followers of Jesus Christ. Lots of people believe that churches just want something from them. Whether it be your time or your money or whatever. But speaking for ourselves, the mission doesn't want anything from you. We want something for you. We want something for you, and there's a difference. We want you to connect with the community, our faith community, and the community within this city. We want you to grow in faith. We, we want to grow in faith together with you. And finally, we want you to serve Jesus in the church, in the city, and in our world. Now, you may be thinking, like, I thought you said you didn't want anything from us. Like, that sounds like a long list of stuff you want from me, right? (laughs) But here's the thing is that we actually want these things for you. Because we believe deeply that if you begin to follow these simple steps, that transformation will happen in your life. And God will do a deep work in your heart. We believe that connect, grow, serve, along with radical generosity are the catalysts in which disciples are made in our church. We also believe that every member has a mission. That means we believe that God has made you mysteriously and wonderfully unique. And that you have a God-given voice. Your voice is different than anyone else else's and that no one can be who God created you to be. And though your voice may not be meant for the stage that I'm standing on, it does have a platform. Whether it's your work or your your carpool minivan or your school, your voice counts and God has uniquely gifted you with it. So we want you to step out and use it. Because we believe that every member has a mission. We as the mission are all this and more. We are dreamers. We are believers. We are rebels. We are lovers. There's nothing more rebellious in this day and age than loving people. I'll tell you that right now. Dreamers, believers, rebels, lovers, and radicals. We believe that we are better together instead of going at life alone. We believe that what the book of Ecclesiastes says is true. It says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. But if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. And that's truth right there. And we believe it. This is who the mission is. This this is us. This is us. And maybe most importantly, if you didn't hear anything else I said so far, hone in on this. I want you to know that we believe that the Lord isn't just building an organization here at the mission. He's building a family. Because we believe that that is God's dream for us. This is who we are. This is who we're becoming, and this is where we're going. When I think about how far we've come in the last year and what the next season looks like in our family, the story that comes to mind is an encounter that Jesus had with a man who was blind from birth. We find the story in the book of John chapter 9. Surrounding this chapter, the proof of Jesus being the Messiah is becoming more and more evident. Jesus has already turned water into wine, fed 5,000 people with a couple of loaves of bread and some fish. He has been healing and teaching people about the kingdom of God that is at hand. The Pharisees, who were some of the religious leaders of the day... They weren't happy about any of this at all. And the Pharisees had a very strict program of rules that they had come up with to impose on others. And, and, and if the Jewish people didn't follow these rules, they would be put out of the synagogue, and which basically means they would be kicked out of their faith community. And Jesus had several encounters with these Pharisees, and, and Jesus actually reserved some of His harshest language for these guys because in many cases they were over complicating and misguiding people who were earnestly trying to be obedient to God and with all this going on Jesus encounters this blind man and changes his life forever let's read uh, John 9 verses 1 through 17 as he passed by he saw a man blind from birth And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the work of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, night is coming, when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, He spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. He anointed the man's eyes with mud and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So He went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar, were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Others said, no, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. Which is what I say in the morning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am the man. No, I'm just kidding. So they said to him, then how were your, were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to him, go to Siloam and wash. So I went, washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he now? He said, I don't know. Um, <laughs> they brought to, uh, to the Pharisees, the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him, how had he received his sight? And he said to them, He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him, since he has opened your eyes? And he said, He is a prophet. So let's set the scene here. I know that was a long passage. Sorry about that. So let's set the scene. Jesus and his disciples are walking along and they encounter this man who's been blind from birth. The disciples' first reaction is to uh, ask questions about the fault of his blindness. Whose fault was it? Uh, Was it the man or his parents' fault? Did, Did they sin and that's why he was blind? Which one of them sinned? whose fault is it these things and jesus very patiently responds you know these things aren't always black and white guys it's it's not always like that sometimes it's it's just the works of of god's loving and miraculous nature needs to be put on display and then in a way that's very reminiscent of of god's creation of adam Jesus spits on the ground and creates a little bit of mud and anoints the blind man's eyes with it and then tells him to go wash in a certain pool. And when the man comes back, his sight, he has his sight. And and word spreads like wildfire about this blind beggar's healing and people have very mixed reactions towards it. You know, some people weren't even sure if it was the same man that just moments before was blind and begging in the street. So they bring the blind man before the Pharisees. And very quickly it comes out that if if this is in fact the same man that was blind, Jesus healed him on the Sabbath, which is a day of rest. And the Pharisees, who had a whole long list of things uh, you could not do on the Sabbath, and, and they had this whole long list. And Believe it or not, kneading dough was on that list. And you couldn't knead dough on, on the Sabbath. And, and most of the Pharisees decided that making mud with spit and dirt was close enough to kneading dough. And, and if he was doing this on the Sabbath, this Jesus was clearly, clearly not from God, right? But others said, how can the man who is a sinner perform such miraculous signs? And there was like... This division among the Pharisees and so much so that they they later on in the story go to the blind man's parents and say, look, for real, was he blind from birth? You know, ba- basically, like, like what, was he really blind from birth? Because we don't believe... What's going on here? And and the parents were afraid, right? They were afraid of the Pharisees. They were were afraid that they would like kick him out of of the temple if they answered wrong. So they basically, trying not to get too involved, they they basically said, Hey, you know, he's a grown man. You can just go ask him yourself, you know? And, And so they bring the blind man back in before them and ask him one more time how he was healed. And we find the answer to that we find his response in, in in beginning at verse 24 so for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him give glory to god we know this man is a sinner like basically they're saying like admit it you know this jesus is a sinner right admit it just just come clean just admit it you know you know he did this work on the sabbath he's not from god and the and the blind man's answer previously blind man, uh, his answer is so perfect. He, he, he answers in verse 25, whether he's, he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. That though I was blind, now I see. This man articulates perfectly what I see for our church in the next season. And this thing is not a new thing. It's, it's actually a continuation of the work the Lord has already begun in us. And this work is about people. This work is about people. The work is about our neighbors co-workers, classmates, and so on, experiencing the transformative power of Jesus Christ in their lives through us. We don't need to get overly caught up in the fault of others' sins or the expectations and rules that other people put on us. But what we do need to do is allow ourselves to feel the weight of of people's eternity. And that means getting involved. Jesus spit on the ground. And made mud. And put it on a blind man's eyes and told him to go wash them. For Jesus, the whole thing probably took two minutes. But that man's life was forever changed. I think sometimes we underestimate the impact that we could have on those around us by simply taking a minute to care. I believe the Lord is calling the Mission Redlands into even deeper waters of disciple making. Disciple making is personal. It's about walking alongside, uh, alongside someone, not because they're your pet project but because you care about the deep healing that only Jesus can provide taking place in their life. This is the job Jesus left us with. In the Great Commission it says, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations. That's the job Jesus left us with is to make disciples of all nations. And I confess to you now, guys, I confess that so many times I get it backwards. I start to think that it's my job to build the church. That if we just had bigger events or more money or flashier advertising, that the church would grow much faster. But the truth is, Jesus said He would build His church. And that it's our job to make disciples. Caring about people, caring about people is messy, and I'm not going to lie about that, but I believe it's so worth it. And I know you believe that too. You want to know how I know that you believe that? Do you want to know? Okay, okay, okay. Because our church's number one God-sized dream last year was to be known in our city for how we love. Our number one, numero uno, God-sized dream was to be known in our city for how we love. I want you to listen to this last story that we have for you. Um, Check out this video.
4: Um, We ended up finding the mission um, after about a year and living in Redlands, and uh, we decided that we needed to find a new home church. So we uh, were kind of looking around and we're like, okay, well, we live across the street from one and we live down the street from like five of them. (laughs) So we figured, you know what, the closest one, let's give it a try.
5: the first one one
4: right and so we figured if we didn't like it we were like prepared to start church shopping I was kind of used to that like as a kid my parents were looking for a new church um so we were prepared to start looking around and see where we fit in and we gave it a try one morning and Everybody was just so nice. <laughs> I think, like, at least five people came up to say hi to us.
5: Yeah, I think what impressed me was the second week we came, Ricardo had remembered our names. So I was like, wow, he actually, not only made, did they make an effort the first day, but effort to remember who we were.
4: Yeah, and for me, that was a big deal, because I'm, like, so used to, like, big churches, and you just go, and do worship, and you sit through the service, and then you go home, and you don't talk to anybody, And except for when they say, turn around and shake hands with the person behind you, you know? (laughs) So I really liked that, and I think that's kind of what just kept bringing us back um, every week, is just those relationships that people automatically started, and just, I don't know, everybody was so kind, and the music's not bad, too.
5: (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's what church has made it easy, I think, to... Invite people and especially co workers for me, and I know quite a few of them have had ex- bad experiences with the church and being kind of some of what people would say it's preachy or like detached, like you show up and you just leave. Yeah, and for me, being able to tell me hey, they're just cool people, they want to get to know you, and they're not going to sit there and found you for whatever reason or whatever sends you have because we're all in the same spot for us because everybody being so open and willing to. Welcome us into the family was that uh, we were able to get finally called mentors, I guess you could say, with our grow group leaders. So being a newly like couple was nice to go and get somebody else's opinion and kind of put a view on that as well.
4: Yeah, it like set like a really good foundation to be able to like actually be vulnerable to like somebody in the church and be like, hey you know, we just need a little bit of help here. We're like newlyweds. We don't know what we're doing. Um, So we needed a little bit of guidance and I think it's really helped us communicate and grow better together as a couple. And so it's just, I don't know, it's helped us in so many different aspects of our life.
2: Thank you, Ed and Sarah, for sharing that story. Thank you guys so much. Um, see, here's the deal. I have no doubt that the Lord will grow our church in His own time, as long as we are faithful to our job of disciple-making. Right? We could have all the big events and flashy advertising and programs that other churches do, and, and, but the job that Jesus left us with is about people. Not programs. And I believe that nothing will spread the name and true nature of Jesus Christ faster than true transformation in people's lives. A person that says, I may not have all the answers, but all I know is that I was blind and now I see. Worship team, if you'll come up now, and ushers, if you'll come forward we're going a, a slightly long today. Sorry about that. We have a lot to celebrate, so I hope you'll be patient with us. But uh, ushers, come forward and let's just pray. Father God, we thank You for this day, Lord. We thank You for this celebration of four years of, of Your radical love. God, we, we sincerely just say thank You, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that your mercies are new every day. Lord, continue refining us, Lord. When we go astray, correct us, Lord. God, keep building your kingdom. Keep building this family, Lord. Give us insight and wisdom, Lord. Give us an in-tuneness with you, Lord. Remind us to take those moments to care for those around us, Lord. Father, we love you, and, and as we move to our offering, Lord, we, we focus on, on giving generously to you, Lord. For for everything we have is a blessing from you, God. So we give it back to you now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.